Hey everyone, welcome back to the Live Well with Janelle podcast. Before I start today's episode, I just want to say really quick, thank you so, so much to everybody who has been listening so far. I have gotten so many nice messages um, since I've started this podcast. So many people have reached out that I haven't even talked to in years and have said how they're going to listen or how they have listened and were able to relate to a lot of things that I've said or, you know, things like that. And that just feels so, so amazing. Seriously, all of your support really means the world to me. So thank you so much for all of that. And on that note, also, thank you for being patient with me (laughs) if you have messaged me and I have not gotten back to you or if I take a really long time to respond I actually usually don't have my phone on me. I try not to be on it a lot during the day or even at night either, I guess. Um, so it's not really next to me all the time. So I it takes me a while for me to like see everything. If I do have my phone, I'll kind of just pop on for like a second. And then <laughs> once Levi sees it, he sprints right over. So I have to put it away again. <laughs> so, um, you know, It can be hard to find the time to like sit down and respond to everybody's messages, but please just know that I have seen them all and I am definitely going to get back to you. I so, so appreciate you taking the time to reach out and I love the conversations that I've been having with people about, um, you know, their own birth stories and how ours were similar and things like that. It's just so awesome. Um, But yeah, I especially the last a couple of weeks have not had the time to respond to anything or really do anything because Levi decided that he was just not into naps anymore. He was just like, no, I'm just going to take two weeks and I'm not going to nap at all. (laughs) And he's been sleeping terribly. So I have been exhausted and I just have not had a break (laughs) at all. I've been go, go, go with him all day, every single day with no naps to, you know, sit on my phone at all or podcast at all. Hence why I haven't released an episode in a couple of weeks. There has just been no time for this. So I'm really happy that I finally have a moment right now. So it's just been a little bit of a mess, but that's okay. That's how it goes up and down. (laughs) But since I have been so tired, I figured that I should just do this episode on uh, ways to cope with sleep deprivation for all of us mamas out there because shit is real. (laughs) I'm so tired all the time. (laughs) I mean, I personally, I know other moms have experienced this too. My son just is he just doesn't sleep. My cousin, I was talking to her about it once and she called him a non-sleeper. She's like, Oh, like, well, because I was telling her this was when he was like two months old. I was telling her how he didn't really sleep all night long. He was like up all night, whatever. And she's like, oh, well, at least he's probably napping during the day, you know, so you get a break. And I was like, no, (laughs) Uh, no, he doesn't. And she's like, oh, he's just a non-sleeper then, I guess. And I was like, yeah, that's what he is. And he still is. So, (laughs) yeah, um. I am really tired, but I do have some things that I do and and some tricks up my sleeve that definitely help. 
Um, I'm not saying that I can erase your tiredness or anything because, oh, it's just so hard, us moms, <laughs> especially when they're so little and up all night. But I think that these tips uh, can definitely help. So let's get into that. So the first thing that I would suggest doing is to actually help your own body regulate its own wake-sleep cycle or your circadian cycle, either way, um, however you want to say it. But um, So you can actually do this using a couple of tricks. So the time of day that your eyes actually see sunlight actually plays a part in dictating how your hormones will behave for the rest of the day and will also affect the quality of your sleep that you get later that night. And it'll help you regulate, it'll help your body know like when you're supposed to wake up each day and all of that. So this is also true um, throughout the whole entire day. So the time of day that your eyes actually take in sunlight gives your brain signals for which hormones to release when, it gives your brain signals for what time the body should be eating and a whole host of things like that. And of course, when to wake up, when to go to sleep. So you want to be showing your brain through your eyes the whole day what time of day it is, um, which seems kind of simple. But I just when I read about this, I was just fascinated. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> that makes so much sense. The time of day that we see sunlight actually affects when your hormones are going to be released, your digestive hormones, things like that, um, and will affect your wake sleep cycle and the quality of your sleep that you get later that night. So it's definitely really interesting. So uh, the first thing that you can do is uh, first thing in the morning, open all of your blinds and even your windows uh, if you want to let in some fresh air. <laughs> so that way your eyes can see the sunlight. And then also throughout the day, if you can, if it's not um, too harsh on your eyes when you're taking walks or when you're outside, actually try uh, not wearing your sunglasses, at least for a period of time. Again, that way your brain kind of gets a signal of what time of day it is. And then kind of on this note, uh, vitamin D exposure in the morning will also help with the same situation. So regulating your hormones, what time of the day that they're released, you know, signaling to your brain all of these things and regulating your circadian cycle. So another thing you want to do right in the morning whenever you can, um, I believe it's best before 10 a.m. So whenever you can, after you wake up, get outside and get some sunlight. So this doesn't have to be anything um, drastic, like you can full on get up, go for a walk, make sure some skin is exposed. But honestly, most days I just bring Levi out to the front lawn and we just sit on the grass <laughs> or like he likes to go out and touch all of the trees. So we go out and we do that for like a few minutes. I would say probably you want to do at least five minutes, but up to 20 minutes would be best. And then, of course, you could just like drink your coffee outside, maybe while your kids play in the yard outside or you have your baby in the jumper or something like that. Oh. That sounds nice. I want to start doing that. I just need to get umbrellas because otherwise Levi would have no shade and that would be sad. The babies need sunlight too, but um, not too much. We don't want to burn them. <laughs> 
So that would be the first thing. Sunlight, first thing in the morning, and of course, throughout the day will help as well. And then the second thing that I would say is eat a breakfast that does not spike your blood sugar. So anything that is heavy on the carbs or simple sugars is going to spike your blood sugar. So what you want to eat is something with protein, fat, and fiber. Yeah, if you can, I would try not having any sugar in the morning. The only exception being maybe like a side of fruit to whatever you're eating. But um, yeah, so some examples of uh, what I eat sometimes or what people have told me that they like, you could do like a veggie scramble. I always, always, always buy, um, let's see, I, I like to do white onions, green onions, chives, but really if I just have any vegetables like leftover from dinner or that I don't know what to do with, I'll just <laughs> chop them up and throw them into my egg scrambles asparagus, bell peppers, really anything. Um, So you can just scramble that up in the morning or you can use all of those ingredients to make like pre-made egg bakes or like little egg bites or whatever if you need something a little quicker in the morning. One of my favorites right now, I've been eating it all summer long, it's the best, is chia seed pudding. So I make mine with almond milk and vanilla collagen protein powder and cashew butter and I blend that up and then I put the chia seeds in stir it up and let that sit in the fridge for at least 20 minutes if I can make it the night before that's always the best and easiest obviously and then I'll put some cinnamon in and fresh berries on top oh so good Uh, but if that sounds too complicated you could always just do just the um, nut milk in the chias and just let the chias soak up the nut milk. That makes it like 10 times easier. And it's just as good, especially if you put like some stevia drops in it, if you want it sweeter and use spices like a pumpkin pie spice or cinnamon uh, to give it a little bit more something. And then, yeah, I usually top mine with uh, whatever seasonal fruit is going around at the time. You could also do Greek yogurt. Just make sure that it is Greek yogurt and that it doesn't have any added sugar. So the ones that come with fruit already inside them usually have a decent amount of added sugar. So maybe something plain or just vanilla, as long as it doesn't have the berries in it or doesn't say that it has sugars added into it. And then you can, you know, add whatever toppings you like on top, fresh or frozen fruit, um, granola, whatever you want there. And then last thing off the top of my head that you could do is a smoothie that has little to no fruit. So I love explaining smoothies to people because they really, if you are just putting in all fruit and some juice or some nut milk or something, that is just going to totally spike your blood sugar and it's really not the best thing. So what I like to do, again, focus on putting protein fat and fiber into it to make sure your blood sugar doesn't spike and you're also kept full for a long time afterwards. So I make mine with um, a handful of greens, whatever I have. Uh, I like to use frozen spinach a lot because it makes the smoothie like thicker. Um, And then again, I'll put vanilla collagen protein powder, one to two tablespoons of nut butter, and then about a quarter cup to a half cup of frozen blueberries and almond milk. And then I'll just blend that up. 
And some foods that you'd probably want to avoid first thing in the morning would be oatmeal. I know it seems healthy and it can be in certain ways, but um, it will spike your blood sugar. It is full of carbs. So I tend to avoid oatmeal if I can. I do eat it sometimes, but I'll make sure to add like a bunch of walnuts and some flax seeds, give it a little bit more protein and fat in there. Um, And then also pancakes and waffles, pastries, um, any juice, any juice of any kind is a huge blood sugar spike. Um, And then like toast, bread and things like that. And the reason that it would be helpful to not spike your blood sugar first thing in the morning is because what you eat in the morning is going to set up your blood sugar and your hormone regulation for the whole rest of the day. So if you start with a huge spike in your blood sugar, you're going to crash pretty soon after that and you're going to be starving and you're going to be even more hungry than you started out as. I mean hungry, sorry, tired. (laughs) You're going to be even more tired than you started out as. And when you're tired like that, your brain and your body are going to tell you to eat something with a lot of carbohydrates because it knows that that's the fastest way for you to get energy. So it's going to say to you, reach for the chips, reach for the chocolate, reach for the sugar, you know, and then that whole cycle is just going to start all over again and you're going to eat sugar and then you're going to spike and then you're going to crash and then you're going to be even more tired again. So doing that first thing in the morning really sets you up to just be even more tired throughout your whole entire day. So that's why I say to try to minimize that if you can. Focus on eating something with protein, uh, fat, and fiber to help keep you full, regulate your blood sugar, and keep it all nice and stable. So on that, another thing that you can do is try to cut the sugar from your coffee. So if you use a really sugary creamer and you don't feel ready to switch creamers right away, something that you can do to try to minimize it is measure out exactly how much you put in and just try to put in a little bit less, like maybe a couple teaspoons less every like few days or maybe each week and just try to cut back really slowly to give your taste buds time to adjust. And they will adjust. It may seem like, oh, I just can't live without, you know, drinking my coffee with X amount of creamer because it's going to taste really gross without it. But if you cut back little by little, you'll give your taste buds time to adjust and you won't really even notice the difference soon after. So I personally suggest doing it that way. That might help a little bit. If you are open to switching your creamer, try to use a creamer with less sugar. I would look for something with at the most five grams of sugar per serving. And remember, with coffee creamer, a serving size is usually a tablespoon, um, which most of us tend to, you know, use a lot more than that because we're just pouring straight from the container. Um, so to help with that, again, I would just try maybe get out a tablespoon, uh, measuring spoon and just measure out how much you're actually putting in. If you want to focus a lot on this, um, I personally use Califia Farms creamer, the hazelnut kind. Oh, it's so good, (laughs) but, um, it only has two grams of sugar per serving. And yeah, so that is an option and there are more low sugar options out there now these days. So it, hopefully wouldn't be too hard to find a replacement if you needed to. And then if you don't drink your coffee black, 
So if you do use creamer or sugar of any kind, I would say to drink it after or like during your breakfast. So that way, again, you just don't spike your blood sugar first thing in the morning before you have even eaten anything. And then also, if you can avoid it some days, I know I totally get it. You just cannot live without that afternoon cuppa. I totally understand. But the caffeine in your coffee or whatever you drink can last in your body well into the night if you drink it too late in the day. So even if you're falling asleep still, it could still be affecting the quality of sleep that you're getting if you've had caffeine late in the day and it's still in your system. So I would suggest avoiding that if you can. Um, If you have one every day and it's part of your routine and that doesn't seem possible, but you want to cut back, you can try, again, doing everything little by little. So maybe start by switching to half-calf in the afternoon and then eventually to a decaf cup of coffee and then eventually to tea and then nothing at all or um, a tea with no caffeine, something like that. If you just like the ritual of drinking coffee, which I know I do in the morning, oh yeah, I have to have something really yummy and hot and creamy to drink. It's just like makes me happy. (laughs) So I have to do it. But um, yeah, these are ways that you can, you know, cut back on it or switch to something with no caffeine if you want to do that in the afternoon. And another tip that I would say would be to try avoid eating late at night, especially something sugary. So while you're sleeping, your body is doing its routine cleaning processes to get rid of dead cells and um, plaque that's built up in the brain and other toxins throughout the body. So if you eat something too close to when you go to sleep, your body has to focus on digesting that food and it may not get to its regular cleaning processes or those processes may be disrupted, um, not done as well and things like that. And that's going to affect the quality of your sleep as well as have other uh, negative effects that you would not want. (laughs) So um, fun fact, this is actually... Um, especially important to help prevent neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's disease. Because again, during sleep, your body has a process that helps to lessen and get rid of a plaque that has built up in the brain. And again, if your body is having to focus on digesting your food while you're sleeping, it may not get to that process or may not complete it. And over a lifetime of having this habit, it can contribute to plaque building up in the brain and therefore increase the chance of neurodegenerative diseases developing. So this is just something that you want to look out for and maybe cut out of your habits ASAP. (laughs) Um, So the way to do this would be to stop eating at least or around two to three hours before bedtime. I personally do three hours before bedtime. I try to stop eating But if you really need something like, you know, you don't want to go to bed super hungry either. So you want to kind of plan your dinner at a good time for this. But if you do get really hungry and you need something before you go to sleep, I would suggest something that's, you know, easier to digest and is lower in sugar. So something like berries, that's my personal go to is I'll have a cup of frozen berries if I really need it. Maybe a scoop of nut butter, 
to just help calm those hunger hormones before bed. Just something really light and simple just to kind of get you through rather than eating like a whole meal or a huge dessert right before bed. And really quick, back to how being tired affects your eating habits during the day. So again, when you're tired, your brain and your body will be telling you to reach for whatever is going to get you the quickest energy, right? And your your body and your brain know what that is. It, they know that it's sugar. So it will have you reaching for sugary or carbohydrate-heavy snacks all day long. So to prevent this from happening... Again, you want to focus on balancing your blood sugar throughout the day, so that way hopefully these spikes don't happen, but you still, even if you're balancing your blood sugar throughout the day you because you're so tired, you still might feel the urge to be snacking on super sugary foods. So again, on your meals, try to focus on protein, fat, and fiber, and then also, since you may still feel the need to snack, Have out healthy snacks in your line of vision around your house or wherever you can. So like have out bowls of nuts on your counter. So that way that's what you reach for first or have some veggies cut up and some hummus in the fridge. That way you can just take that out and just eat it really quick whenever you get the urge or again, scoop of nut butter can really do the trick sometimes. And then also just not keeping unhealthy snacks in the house because if they're there, especially if they're in your line of vision. So this is a little rule of thumb. If you do buy unhealthier snacks, it's best to keep them like in the back of your pantry or somewhere where they're just not in your line of vision. That way it's not just the first thing that you go to. But even still, like I know for me, if I have something that's like a favorite treat, even if I can't see it, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, I know that's there. I'm going to go get that <laughs> if I'm really wanting it. Right. So I just don't keep anything in the house like that unless if I'm like, you know, every once in a blue moon. But generally, I don't keep those things around, especially these days when I'm super tired, because I know for sure If there is a pint or more even of Strauss chocolate ice cream in my freezer, oh, that sucker's gone and I'm going to go buy more, right? Like (laughs) it's so addicting and it's so hard to say no to that when your brain and your body are like, I'm tired. Give me the sugar. I want energy. And also I'm like, hell yeah, that's like my favorite food on the planet, (laughs) you know? So it's best just to not even keep those things around If you're trying to keep up a healthier lifestyle and not spike your blood sugar all the time and prevent all of the things that come along with that. So that's kind of it uh, for now on the nutrition side of things. And then lastly, of course, it's always good to have a healthy sleep promoting um, wind down routine before bed. So this could look like maybe meditating even just a few breathing exercises before bed, even just like one or two minutes, just like breathing in through the nose for a few seconds, maybe count to five, and then out through the nose, count to five again. Something like that. It could be that simple, but that will really help bring a sense of calm all over your whole body, let your brain know, okay, it's time to start relaxing, winding down, getting ready for sleep, and that will help Uh, the quality of the sleep that you're getting. Because of course, 
us moms right now may not be able to get that much sleep. So it's important to get the best quality sleep that we can when we do get to sleep. (laughs) And then also you could uh, dim the lights around your house as it starts getting dark outside if you can. Um, And then, of course, not looking at screens for the last hour before bedtime. Um, But really any break from screens before bedtime is good. So if you really feel like you just can't do that, that's too much right now, you could just start with like five minutes, you know, the last five minutes before bed, focus on your like little bedtime routine, could do light stretches, some breathing exercises, you could meditate, whatever it is that makes you feel calm and gets your brain ready for sleeping. So hopefully these tips are helpful to you. I really, (laughs) really hope this is helpful. I mean, to, you know, all the tired mamas out there, but anyone else too that is really tired or exhausted or having trouble sleeping or anything like that, I really hope that these tips are helpful to you. Um, If they are, if there's any that you love or that helped you a lot, let me know. I would love to know. Um, but other than that, oh yes. And the place that you can do that, I keep forgetting (laughs) to mention this. Um, I am at live well with Janelle. That's J E N N E L L E over on Instagram. So you can message me there too. If you ever want to, if you ever have questions or requests, or you want to let me know that a tip I've given has helped you in any way, that's where you can find me. So (laughs) anyway, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll catch you guys next time. 